Welcome to Game On, the weekly football podcast bringing together seasoned professionals, the male star football writers and a celebrity fan or two. I'm your host, Mark Pugach. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple and Google. And if you haven't already, why not sign up for the daily Mail Plus briefing at mailplus.co.uk, where you can also watch Game On on video. Hello, I'm Mark Pugach and welcome to Game On. So Manchester City have won 15 matches in a row in all competitions. In fact, the last time they didn't win a game was against a West Brom side still managed by Slaven Bilic. So what's changed at City? They're seemingly set for the title. Could they actually win the quadruple? Joining us to talk about that today, Jason McAteer, who played for Liverpool and the Republic of Ireland, Chris Sutton, the former Chelsea, Celtic and Blackburn striker, and Martin Samuel, the Daily Mail's chief sports writer. Hello, everybody. Nice to see you all. Jason, thank you for joining us. Great to have you along. Let's let's start with something really significant, Martin, which you've written about in the paper today, which is across society, but it's particularly in the headlines when it comes to footballers. And football clubs this week have united and written a letter to Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg and the Twitter boss Jack Dorsey outlining steps they want taken to stop abuse on the online platforms. Just to outline what you've written today and whether you think football really can affect some change. Right. So so what I've written today is um, how it can be very easy um, to change and also why it can be extraordinarily complex. And so I'll take you through the easy one, first of all, which is uh, a website called Pornhub, which um, is the biggest... um, (laughs) Jason's awake now. Yeah. Well, I've never heard of that one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is one of the biggest porn websites in the world. It is big enough to have uh, an advert on Times Square next to, shall we say, more conventional brands. Um, it, it has more traffic per month than Amazon, Yahoo, and the M1. Yeah, yeah, the M1. Yeah, it may or may not be known to some of you watching at home. Anyway, the. Um, so Pornhub were the subject of a column in the New York Times by a guy called Nicholas Kristof, uh, who's a double Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. And, 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 and Pornhub, is, it, it, it's, it's a hardcore porn site, but obviously any hardcore porn site is not meant to stray beyond certain barriers to do with child pornography, to do with consensual sex and all of this. Nicholas Kristof said Pornhub is full of non-consensual videos. It is full of... Um, abuse videos and, and it, it lost control of its uh, of, it, of its boundaries completely. Um, and a very, very, very powerful piece about it, interviewing victims, interviewing um, girls who have appeared on it underage and, and, and stuff like this. So that ap- appeared on Friday, December the 4th. On, at the end of the article, it, it called for three things. Uh, verification for anyone uploading videos to this site um that you wouldn't be allowed to download videos from the site anymore because even a video that's been removed if it has prior been previously downloaded that's that's then out there that's that's an out there and greater uh, efforts in moderation um of of videos right so that's on the friday on the tuesday Pornhub did everything that nicholas christoph asked for on the Tuesday, for five days later, including a weekend, everything that he asked for, they took down every single unverified video um, pending verification. Right. So that's how easy it can be. That was a five-day interval between the request going in. Now, here's the complication with social media. Um, the letter yesterday that was written by the FA, the Football League, Premier League, um, head of the women's game, um, head of Kick It Out, PFA, that letter asked for verification on social media websites, which is the same thing that we've got in hardcore pornography now, basically. You're just asking for the same standards that we can achieve in pornography. Could we ch- please achieve that in social media? It doesn't seem too much to ask. The complication is this is not a British or English problem. The complication is this is a global company. Verification over here is very straightforward. Verification in a country where uh, homosexuality is illegal 
is is a lot more complicated because if the government have access to your address and you're working behind a, a, an alias, a, but the government can say, we believe this person is posting from Saudi Arabia or the UAE or Qatar or, or whatever, for instance, and he's breaking our law by um, um, supporting gay rights. If the whole point of verification is you can get law enforcement involved. Well, law enforcement is very different in some countries than it is in our country. So it's a much more complex problem getting verification on a global social media site because of the ramifications, not here, where it seems a very straightforward thing to do, um, but uh, in, in other countries that don't, aren't what as you're saying as is you could, What you're saying is it'd be easy enough through verification to identify those who are dishing out racist, sexist, homophobic abuse mm. in the UK or maybe yeah. within Europe, but yeah. it would be much, much harder, the same abuse coming from countries you've just mentioned. Well, there, one is that, the, 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 the fact that, you know, the guy that uh, sent 20 racist messages to Ian White turned out to be in uh, County Kerry. Um, didn't that was actually in this country. So, I mean, somebody could be doing that from Serbia, from New Zealand, from, from anywhere, right? There's that, obviously. But, but the other problem is the verification idea would have to be global because it's a global yeah. – Twitter and, and um, Facebook and Instagram are yeah. global enterprises. It would have to be global. And the government finding out what you're tweeting in this country, we would hope, would only be used for good. That's not necessarily the case everywhere around the world where it could be used to suppress hum human rights. There is, is there a way, though, Martin, we could just deal with it in this country and police it in this country, though? Um, well, yeah, we could. We've got the on online harms bill, which is coming later in the year. It's, it's the idea that what has been asked for is for the, for the social media companies to have verification. Um. Verification is absolutely the way to go because if you're sending racial racial abusers sausage face two three one eight and and then someone you know you get your collar felt uh, you can op open up two seconds later a sausage face two three one nine and away you go again. Yeah. If you have had to produce, it's a lot harder to assume a new identity. So if, if there is a verification, there is a, a person with that account mm. and that everything to do with that guy is closed down, it's very, very hard or it's, it's, it's time-consuming and much more problematic mm. for him to mm. then reopen as somebody else because you're going to have to have, you know, three bills with your name and a different address on it and, and stuff, all stuff that's quite hard to come by unless you want to, Enter in, into the world of professional forgery, which to send a, a, a tweet of a monkey emoji yeah. or a banana or whatever, it seems as if it wouldn't be. So it, so it doesn't sound like we could be very optimistic that this is going to happen, Martin, for these well, reasons that, that globally it's going to be so difficult to implement. It's a great irony, isn't it, that the world of hardcore pornography can get this sorted out <laughs> in a way that, that Twitter and Facebook, that was the point I was making today, yeah, yeah, yeah. that it, yeah. it, it looks quite easy, but when you actually look at it from this perspective it's it's more difficult because it's a it's it's the, it's the globalization issue they're not to get into they're not what they call global companies they're not all separated locally it's not a global enterprise that is but is separated locally it, it, you know if you're on twitter you've got the same standards and practices in one part of the world as in another part of the yeah, world yeah. but and but but they're difficult. but Therefore, though, Martin, if, if we find out, if the authorities find out who the people are who's, who are sending the messages, mm. I mean, surely a deterrent could be, you know, or, or would be to, to find the substantial fines or, or even worse totally. than that. Totally. Yeah, I'll totally. I'm not, I'm not advocating, you know, we carry on as we are. We can't carry on as we are. It's, it's absolutely horrendous. You listen to Michael Richards um, the other week saying that if, if you're a black player and you have a game of football and you make any mistake in that game of, game of football, you will come off and switch your phone on and it's all there. And that's yeah. every game, every single time. Um, 
And it's not just that it's a problem. Steve Bruce talks about getting death threats. Mike Dean talks about getting death threats, you know, and, and whatever anyone thinks of Mike Dean, whatever his opinion is of whether someone should be sent off or not, it's not, it's, it's not worth, you know, a death threat. And um, so it's, it's, a, it's a big problem. And also there, there, is a, um, there will be a, um, a form of contagion, or what's something called contagion with it, uh, where because it's in the news, more and more people are inspired to do it. <clears throat> so it's definitely this, happening now. It seems exactly. isn't it? absolutely so you, you happening. Have you have the problem. racist abuse. Yeah. yeah. So you have this other problem of one, you feel the need to report it when anything happens yeah. because it's important and it should be an issue and it should be talked about and it should be dealt with at the same time by reporting it, you're feeding the monster. Because more people are getting inspired and more people... Jason, what do you think about all yeah. this? You're ne- well, you're never going to eradicate it, are you? All you're going to do is, like Martin said, is try and make it more pro- problematic, isn't it, to people if, if you get caught. But then, say, from a legal perspective, if you want to sort of challenge what people do with a finance system or police sentencing, you know, if, if someone sent me a like a, an abusive text who's to say and you catch up with them because you've got all the information they could just turn around and say listen i was sitting in the pub and my mate picked the phone up and he sent that te- he sent that tweet who's to say that he's telling lies who's to say he's telling the truth there's no way of there's no way of knowing who's actually sent that apart from obviously it's come from mm-hmm. a feed that you know where it's come from but there's i mean i don't know how that's going to work listen i mean me me and chris have both been on the end of abuse i'm sure chris has been on it more than me but um, but I mean, I recently, I recently went on Sky um, and did a did an interview about Manchester United, and you know, I spoke about how I felt it was just false position at the minute, and I used the word false, but I, I meant in general as as the world is and as mm. as football and sport is this false sense of where where we're all at at the minute. I got unbelievable abuse, unbelievable abuse. I had things from I hope you die of AIDS. My missus got battered on it. You know, I had people parked up outside my house for for ten minutes to frighten me. I had people ringing my phone. You know, it's 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 such an abusive platform and an easy platform for people to to get to people. And I've no idea. I've come off. I'm on private now. I must have deleted nine hundred and eighty people that day. I was all day. I was just deleting people, or blocking people, blocking them all. Mm. There's no way, and I'm still getting it now. There is no way unless I come off it. There is no way that I'm going to get away from that abuse, and I don't know how. Even like Martin said, you go, you, you know, you write these letters, you do these things, you're asking Twitter, Instagram, Facebook to, to they ain't going to do it. They ain't going to do it. It's, it's just, you know, they make too much money from, from the advertising kind of side of it. it it's just not going to happen. It's too hard. I'm being problematic. People will get around it because people have got nothing else to do than abuse people. That, that's just mm. the way it is. You know, you're never, ever going to get rid of it unless you shut it down. And that it's the old, in the old anonymous keyboard warriors, Jason, isn't it? They see yeah. on the telly, they go, ah, oh, what does he know? You know, they probably are a Man United fan. Yeah, too easy. Chris, you'd have had it as well, particularly, you know, particularly particularly as you played for Celtic and the whole Celtic Rangers thing. You must have had it. Pl- I know you've had it plenty mm. of times. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, if you look at my Twitter feed every day, I mean, you know... <laughs> Uh, I get battered, but, but that's you know that's the nature of uh, you know being a being a pundit. If you have an opinion, um, you know, and, and you know you 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 talk disparagingly about any other side or manager, or you know you're critical of something. People don't like it. The fans of those particular clubs don't like it, and there's always an element uh, which goes. Over the top, um, you know. I, I think the only answer is, and I, I really take on board uh, what Martin said, but and, and what Jason said is, we we have to try and get uh, strong enough deterrence. And whether it's prison sentencing, whether it's huge fines, then maybe people would think twice about it. But you know, clearly something needs to be done. But of course, it's it's very very difficult. But we have to try. That's the point. And, uh, you know, we can't have poultry fines of sort of 30, 50 pounds. You know, if you, if you give somebody a 5,000 pound fine, 10,000 pound fine, then maybe they'd think twice about it. But surely there's a grey area, though, isn't it? Surely there's a grey area of fining people. Like I said, it, it's your word against theirs, isn't it? it it's like mm-hmm. I could be sitting with you now, Martin, and I could pick your phone up and send someone an abusive tweet. Yeah. You ain't done it, but I've done it, but I've done it off your feed. Mm, so yeah. you know the finger gets pointed at you. You just go, "Oh, I never did it." It's like, how do you prove it? 
I, I suppose it, there is a way of, of looking at someone's history or whatever and seeing if there's a pattern, if that has occurred mm. before and, and, and things like that. But I, I totally agree. And, and the thing is, you do have to try. That is absolutely it. You, you, you do have to try. Um, mm. And with <laughs> referring to going back to Pornhub, the, the, without a doubt, the main motivator for them to do something about that and, and as quickly as they did it is that the moment the New York Times article came out, uh, MasterCard and Visa both said that they were reviewing um, whether they could, you know, facilitate um, payment yeah. um, payments made to Pornhub. So that was going to destroy their business, basically, because American Express don't deal with them um, already PayPal, I don't think, uh, deal with them. So MasterCard and Visa, it was, yeah. Now, so that's, you know, as we're saying, you've got to try to do something, but whether the verification idea, which is something I always supported until this whole issue, the globalised issue was explained, um, whether that is the way to do it or, or whether we've got to find a, a much more subtle way that attacks revenue streams and, and, and things like that. And, the, and if the government are talking, as they have done, about um, making the chief executives personally responsible, you don't know. Because if, if suddenly you're hitting people in the pocket, that might actually have, um, that might be more powerful than any uh, more conversation. Yeah, that might concentrate a few minds. Let's mm. let be very interested to see where this story develops, and we will definitely keep a close eye on it. Let's uh, let's talk about the football then. And this week in Europe, there's a huge amount of effort to get these European ties played in countries where it's it's more COVID safe, shall we say? So we've got Liverpool playing Leipzig in Budapest, Arsenal playing Benfica in Rome, Man United Sociedad is in Turin, uh, Tottenham and Leicester are, are also in action. Chris, it's a lot of effort for two-legged ties. When a lot of people from the outside might say, just play what if you're going to play in a neutral venue, just play one leg. What? Why all this effort to play? two games in neutral venues, different neutral venues in successive mm. weeks. Yes, yeah. Martin. Is it simply that? Is it, is, it, is it UEFA and the television companies with their contracts saying we insist on two legs? Yeah, look, I, I think, I think uh, you, you know, we have to understand where the television companies are coming from. They're paid for a product and they, you know, you know, they, they want the, you know, they want that product. And, uh, I'd, I'd certainly, I think we all understand uh, the argument that it, it probably in these times would be better to have a, you know, a, a one-leg shootout, if you want to call it that. But, um, you know, football relies on money and, and the television companies will feel that they'll get a raw end of the deal. That's that. Um, of course, safety is of, of paramount importance. It, it's not ideal. Um, but I think it's one of those situations where we just all have to get on with it and, and try and enjoy the football. Just remind us who's the away team and who's the home team when you're doing it, Chris, whether that goal in injury time <laughs> is going to knock our team out on away goals. I oh, know, are we the home team this week? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But nothing's listen, ideal, is it? It, it? It's not <laughs> ideal. Clearly, it's not ideal. But what's the alternative? You know, we, you know, are we going to go down a route where we say, well, we, we just you know, cancel the competition, which is none of us want that. Football no, no, the alternative is what the alternative is one game knockout. But as you say, there's, t t you know, it's, it's broadcasting contracts. We're all, we're all grown up. So we know what's, what's, what's going on there. Jason, what two games yeah. you're happy with that? It's got to be done. It's the way it is. Um, no, no, I'm not, I, I wouldn't necessarily say I agree with it. I think, you know, I'm, I'm quite off for just a, a one legged game. Listen, I'm a Liverpool fan. If you said to me, we've got to go to a neutral venue, which we have through the fest and play Leipzig. It's a one-off shootout game in this current moment. Listen, we're not going to be in this forever, you know. So let's just look at the bigger picture here. If it's if it's this season, they did it last season. You had a knockout tournament of the Champions League. It wasn't at this round, obviously, but they all got together yeah. in Lisbon. They played it out, and everyone got on with it. And it, it was what it was. If you said to me it was a neutral venue, there's no real advantage for anyone. But also, it takes the the risk for me from a safety aspect. But also, you know, Liverpool and Leipzig have got to go back. They're both. You know, particularly do Leipzig a second in the Bundesliga. Liverpool are still, you know, there or thereabouts. But you know, you don't want players all of a sudden getting COVID because they've gone away, and then they're losing more mm -hmm. players. It'd be the worst thing for Liverpool to lose more players from COVID because they're going away. We see, all right, it's not an international game where they're coming from players, but still, they're going into airports, they're going to hotels, they're going to alien places, out of their bubbles and comfort zones. So there is that possibility. But 
for me, I I know what Chris is saying about TV, and you know this argument has gone on for a while now, hasn't it? You know, we've heard Jürgen talk about you know TVs and times and teams playing away and coming. I, I get it. I, I totally get it. And I think there's got to be a balance, and I think sense has got to prevail. And I think a one-legged you know tie is 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 what is needed this for this competition at this moment in time where the world is. But the cl- the clubs are happy to take all the uh, the revenue they get from the. <laughs> The TV companies. Well, yeah, I, I get that, Chris. I get that, but there's got to be that like balance, hasn't it? At this moment in time, it's not. It's not ideal for anybody, is it? It's not ideal for anybody. So who's right and who's wrong? You've just got to find a, a compromise. You've got to compromise, haven't you? And also, the, the talk about Liverpool's next game against Leipzig having to be away again. They're trying mm. to like fix it where because the you know the, it's all about not getting back into the country and playing. Isn't yeah, it, it is yes. for Leipzig, and it is yeah. going to be for us now. You know, if you're going to come from Germany, you can't come. You've got to go and quarantine a hotel. Well, (laughs) Jason, that's why that's why we've got this very sad situation with Jurgen Klopp not being able to go home for his mother's funeral because of the COVID restrictions in Germany. I mean, look at it from that. Like I say, that big list of matches. Oh, this one's taking place in Bucharest, and this one's taking place in Budapest, and this one's going to here, and that one's going to there. And at the end of it. Jurgen Klopp still can't go on um, for his, his yeah. mother Elizabeth, who's eighty-one, who died. Yeah. Um, and you think it's a, it, it's just a terribly strange and and, and and sad time. The away goals thing uh, you mentioned. This is from yeah. move from um, the Sublime. Um, the away goals that does seem utterly pointless if both matches are at a neutral venue. Yeah. If ever there was a case for a sort of a, 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 an emergency rule that said, oh, by the way, if the home and, a, yeah. and away ties are going to be played at neutral venues, we don't have away goals counting double, that, 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 would, that would make sense because that, that just seems ridiculous. Mm. It'd be, it would be who, who hated away goals? Wenger, I think, wasn't it? It'll be the yeah, start Wenger of the eradication. And anyone who conceded one. Anyone who okay. conceded yeah. one hated them. And, yeah. and I think yeah. Arsenal conceded quite a lot by the end and yeah. uh, hated them more and more, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> they were effectively 10-2 down. Didn't um, hate them so much when he got to the final that year. Didn't hate yeah, them at all that absolutely. year. Yeah, exactly. But hated them uh, when Bayern Munich kept putting five past him. Yeah, exactly. Jason, um, as we've got you here, we mentioned Jurgen Klopp and that's, that's desperately sad. And, you know, yeah. the fact that he can't go home and... Having to work through it, and obviously Liverpool have got their issues. Where, where the, the owners have had quite a bit of stick this week in the media for not supporting Jurgen Klopp financially with, with enough regeneration. Is there any value in that? Do you think? I think it's harsh criticism, judging on the times that we're in. You know, you look at the, the last transfer window; it was more loans than players being bought. You could see the impact it's had on the amount of money that was spent. Um, I think in both windows that have gone since we've had COVID. You know, clubs, you know, are losing millions and millions of pounds. You know, it's going to come to a point where is it sustainable? We're seeing it now, talking about it in lower leagues, aren't we? Clubs going into extinction because of it. You know, obviously the big boys can survive, but for how long? And, you know, if you want to go into the transfer market now and spend 80 million, it just doesn't look like it's going to happen because you you can understand the owners. It's not just football where it's impacted in FSG. It's all their other businesses and the knock-on effect. So I can understand why they're keeping their hands in the pocket. And just trying to see, you know, where this whole situation is going to lead. You know, we actually thought we the charity shield was put on this year to bring fans back into the, the football stadium. We're still a million miles from it. Mm. You know, so who knows where we're going to be in six months' time? No one. Is no that going to cost Liverpool the Premier League title, though, Jason? The fact that they Not, that they haven't acted early enough with bringing a centre half in. Um. Well, you could argue that. Of course, you could. You could argue that they haven't, you know, gone and bought. But there's no guarantee spending 80 million on a centre half, Chris, is going to come in and, you know, all of a sudden change the fortunes of Liverpool. You know, you, you just don't know. That's a million dollar question, isn't it? So it might work, it might not. It's, it's a gamble. But at what risk, you know, do you take it at this current moment in time? If it was all, listen, if we were all like football was exactly the same and life was, hadn't changed and it, they hadn't done it at this point, I would say, yeah, listen, they need to start putting their hand in the pocket and letting this team evolve. Letting, yeah, he's at the same stage now 
funny enough, as, as what he was in his last stage at, at Borussia Dortmund, 300 games. It's around that time where, he, where it all went pear-shaped at Dortmund. And that's the worry it's, for Liverpool fans, isn't it, Jason? They, they, you know, yeah. Some of them are inevitably drawing the parallel that it's so intense mentally and physically that maybe there is a natural shelf life for a manager and his tactics and the way he approaches it. And actually, are they, seeing the Borussia, are they seeing the start of the Borussia Dortmund film now? Exactly. And Jürgen knows his mistakes because obviously he's lived that before, hasn't he? But unfortunately now, he he's probably has gone to his owners and said, listen, I need X, Y and Z. And they're saying, well, it's COVID. You know, who, who would have known that? You, you can't knock him for that. You can't knock either of them for that. He wants to evolve. They want to keep their hand in the pocket because they don't know what's going on. And we're, we're just, the, you know, we just are where we are. So, yeah. and unfortunately for Manchester City, Pep's, Pep had all his squad in, didn't he? Before this happened, yeah. he actually did have two teams before COVID. It's just he's yeah. got the hunger, desire, and he's found a way of playing again. And I suppose, Jason, last season, Liverpool, and you listen, you all need the luck, and you two played the game, and Martin and I have watched enough of it. You had the luck last season in that you didn't really have injuries, and you've had them all this season. Last season, Man City had a few more injuries, particularly at the back, didn't they, than they've had this season. That's We remember the season Roy Keane did his ACL, Man United didn't win the league. You know, you know, Van Dijk does his ACL. Maybe that's the defining moment. It happens, doesn't it? I mean, you, can, you just can't legislate for the number of injuries you're going to get and when you're going to get them. Well, you try and, you know, you try and prepare for injuries. I think any manager does. Listen, they all think if I lose him, you know, I'm going to have a backup. If I, Harry, Harry always had four strikers, didn't he? Because he, he banked on, you know, losing a couple at a certain time. But he had four quality strikers. And, and to be in all honesty, you know, Jürgen didn't replace Dan Lovren, but he thought he had enough. Who, who, who would have known that, you know, Van Dijk, who never gets injured, gets, gets injured, does his ACL. Who would have known that Joe Matip and Gomez you know, get unbelievable injuries and miss the rest of the season. And then we've got to take two players out of midfield and play them in centre-half. So there's a knock-on to everything for as bad as it is, isn't it? And Liverpool's is pretty bad. So, and the knock-on is worse. So it's, yeah, it's just a difficult time. We don't want to make excuses. You know, we we, we are where we are. And sometimes you just got to, just get a go with it. I have to say, I do, I do think it's baffling Liverpool didn't bring someone in in, in early uh, January, a centre-half. Well, a centre-half, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do. And I wonder whether uh, whether Jurgen Klopp is entirely happy with the, you know, that whole situation. It was crying out for somebody to be brought in, you know, with the with the length of Van Dijk's injury, uh, Gomez and then Matty has, has never, ever seemed to be able to get fit and, and have a decent run of games. And I don't necessarily buy the argument about Manchester City. City because Manchester City are top of the league and they haven't had a centre forward for most part of the season. Kevin De Bruyne has been out for spells. Liverpool standards have slipped this season and and maybe it was bound to happen because you look at the previous two seasons, their standards have been so high and and they've dropped. We have to say that and uh, you know and that's and that's the issue this season. But I don't think Liverpool have helped themselves in the transfer market with their lack of activity. Mm. But you go out and think- spend eighty million then, Chris. Well, they, well, I, I think if you're a Liverpool fan, you, you'd be thinking, well, uh, at least had we had we gone out and, and tried to spend money on a on a top quality centre half, we would have been in the title race. It looks like Liverpool are out of the title race because of the lack of centre halves and having to manoeuvre then, and Fabinho going centre half, Henderson going centre half. It it's had a knock on effect. And if you if you Jurgen Klopp and you you know and, and you strain and you you stress to win a Champions League and a Premier League, and you're just asking for a little bit of help, then I don't see that as, a, as, as such a big deal. Of course, if you're talking in the region of £80 million, pounds, that's more than a little bit of help. But that's what's required for Liverpool to maintain... That, that is, yeah, that's what, that is, that is what's required. I, I totally agree with you. You know, if he could go out and buy Koulibaly tomorrow for, for the right price, he, he, he probably would. But what's the right price? They know Liverpool are desperate for a centre half. They know they want Kula Barley. It's 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 out there. So they're going to put twenty five million on him. On top of it, it's going to be a premium, isn't it? It's going to be bang. If you want him, you come and get him for eighty million. Mm, mm. You, you know, and and he's out of contract, isn't he? Next year, I think. So like, yeah, yeah exactly. It's just, so. it's just ridiculous. It's like being held to ransom, isn't it? So from a business perspective, Mike Gordon, he, he's going to turn around from a business perspective. It doesn't tick all the boxes. He's just going to go. No, I totally understand Jurgen's frustration. But I totally understand what you're saying, Chris. We can look at this and go, if Liverpool have acted, they would have won the Premier League. But there's no guarantee of that. No. And plus, you've then got to go and pay £80 million, which is inflated anyway, for a player that you really want. It's not going to happen at this current moment in time. You've just got to ride it. 
he tried to ride it with a bit of luck playing two centre midfielders at centre half. It's not worked. It's it's just not worked. So you've got to hold your hand up and just say and that, Martin, take everything the, the, into account. The reality now is it's not <clears> that Liverpool are in the title race. It's Liverpool in the top four race. Title's gone. Oh, yeah, I think. Absolutely. I think. I think every. Yeah. I mean, Jason's agreeing. So every Liverpool fan knows that they're playing Leicester tomorrow. And obviously, you're Man United. You would mm. think um, at Leicester, Liverpool. Well, I mean, how how many you want to put in the top four race? This is a serious challenge. No, for Liverpool to get in the top absolute, four now. It's an absolute bum fight now. Uh, that that fourth place and and third and yeah, it's an absolute it's an absolute bum fight because. Um, the way Chelsea are playing, you know, they're not conceding goals. Um, he's got them a lot tighter. Um, Chelsea are back in it. And and you know that once Tottenham get Kane and Son back together, they're a totally different team for all the flaws and all the faults and, uh, and, and, and what happened in the week. Kane and Son together, most weekends, are going to get you out of trouble. And then you've got all the different random elements: Leicester, West Ham, the Everton, all of the all of these teams. So they are now in a yeah. they're in a massive massive mix, um, which is is quite unnerving. Which is why all the big powerful clubs now want something uh, historic, <laughs> historical Champions League places, so that they can come seventh and still qualify um, for <laughs> Europe. Um, so you know they found a way around it. Um, you know, you just fix the tournament. So, um, <laughs> the qualification aspect. That's the third certainly. time money's come up. Yeah, no, yeah, cool. exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. can, you can tell I'm not that. impressed, not impressed. No. But um, it, it, it's, you know, I, I, this seems quite similar, the Liverpool situation. Something happened at Blackburn when you were there, Chris, when Jason, Jason Wilcox gets injured and Jack Walker won't let Blackburn replace him because um, he thinks... Mm. Jack, um, Jason Wilcox was the was the young player, local player, wasn't he? Jack loved him. I'm trying. To, I'm mm-hmm. seeing if I remember this right. It seems a long time ago now, but he he was injured for a long time. Yeah, and they needed a left sided player, and Jack Walker wouldn't sign it off because his argument was mm-hmm. if we buy somebody as good as as, as Jason Wilcox when he mm-hmm. comes back, it, he's mm-hmm. reserve and and. You, there is an element where you look at it with Liverpool and think, right, if you sign a 70, 80 million pound player um, to play alongside Van Dyke, well, that's Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez is a cut player. Um, Joel Matip is a, is a cut player. That's it. That's our two centre-halves and these two guys. Is that too simplistic though, Martin? That just because of the... Most the of my stuff is. <laughs> but 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 just 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 because we know about road you know rotation nowadays yeah. you know you 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 know yeah, you, but you, you need four you need four top centre halves oh, sharing yeah, them you know, Solskjaer, they had four Chris, two of them play the travel didn't they two of them play and two of them get brought in when everyone's knackered mm. don't they I mean come mm. on you, you know there's yeah. rotation we all know look there's rotation. And, you know, rotation is what's going on with Jimmy Anderson out in India at the moment where, you know, he plays the first test, he's not meant to play the second. Rotation in football terms, what do we say when it when it's going wrong? Oh, he doesn't know his best 11. So we all Mark, know there should be a best Mark, 11. Liverpool have had 12, Liverpool have had 12 different partnerships with that centre-half yeah, position. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, rotation don't work, man. Yeah, Consistency yeah. works at that position. Yeah. Mm. You know, Maybe no, no, get, what, get yeah. a good one in and play three centre-halves. <laughs> it's interesting yeah. what you say Jason actually because I said, as I said I made the point about Sheringham and Solskjaer who were happy to come off the bench in 99 but what you're saying actually when it comes to a partnership it's more important at centre back than it might be up front absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah yeah absolutely and, and you know yeah. teams don't necessarily necessarily play with it too do they now no, not these like days but then you know but yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, yeah. But if you I mean, go Chris back to them, Cole and York were the centre forwards. We all know that. Cole and York were the centre yeah, forwards. Yeah, 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 exactly. with the reserves. You always know who the actual the, the first choice are. You always yeah. know. I mean, let's, there's let's, rotation, but, but but if you're the manager, you always want you always want more, don't you? You always of course, want. Your, but you, do you not think, Chris? You can't have four eighty million pound centre halves. You've got to have two eighty million pound centre halves, and then two guys that are happy to play the tambourine in the band, basically, and, and and not be the lead guitarist, you know? I think if Jurgen Klopp was being totally truthful, he would say that Liverpool have made a big mistake not bringing in mm. uh, the replacement centre-half earlier on. I don't disagree Possibly. with that, mate. I, I just think mm. that 
I can see what the complications are from the football club's point of view. Because mm. what the football club does, in the end, Liverpool have got you know they, uh, they you know they're they're uh, Barcelona, aren't they? They're this more than a club sort of you know this is Liverpool. It means more. They're owned by American venture capitalists. Mm. You know the, these guys are not in the business of having two fellas that never play a game earning absolute fortunes, worth absolute fortunes, and can't get in the team. Um, all, all the world over, all the criticism that is being directed at the, at the Liverpool ownership now, because suddenly it, it, it hasn't quite gone to plan. They sold Philippe Coutinho. You know, now it's, it's, it's wonderful that they sold what everyone thought was their best player and actually got better after that. You know, and, and, and went on and won the European Cup and, and, and won the Premier League and, and did all these marvellous things. But if that had gone wrong, could you imagine what people would have been saying about Liverpool's board? Um, however many years ago it was, four years ago now, they would have been saying, well, what do you expect? You sold your best player. You're catching your best player. You sold him to Barcelona. Um, I suppose people don't look at it like that. They, you know, that was the past. This is the here and now. Yeah, and yeah. Liverpool fans, uh, uh, you know, want to win a Premier League title. And they're saying, well, we haven't brought someone in. You know, you're not backing your manager. But if there's a criteria with, with Liverpool. I mean, you've got Michael Edwards, uh, Mike Gordon, and then you've mm. got Jürgen, who, with the recruitment side of it, Jürgen obviously comes from his point of view, which is the football side of it. Listen, I've got him to play here. I want him to do that. He's got this. He's got, And then you've got Michael Edwards who sits in the middle and Mike Gordon who comes from the F side of FSG going, well, what's his sell on? How old is he? Where's yeah. he from? Does he do this? Does he do that? Yeah. And can we get this back for him? If the, How many shirts are we going to sell? Like if we bring him in, you know, is he got to... And it, so, you know, it's all got to come together as a package. It's not as easy going, we need a centre-half. He's 80 million. He's 31. He's out of contract next season. We won't win the league if we get him. They're just going to laugh at him. They're just going to go, no. And, and listen, we're losing 10 million every game here. Every home game, we're losing 10 million in revenue. It's like not a chance. So, you know, it, it, I can understand the frustration, fans' frustration, football side of it. But I do get the business side of it as well. It's just not going to happen. Mm. Let's let's finish by talking about the Man City Tottenham game, and then we can discuss both teams in the next sort of 10, 15 minutes. So they play this weekend. Chris, it was after Tottenham beat Man City in the reverse fixture that City went on this terrific run. They haven't won every game since then, but since you know, it is since then that they've been pretty much unbeatable. They meet in the EFL Cup final as well. Do you really think City can win it all again, Chris? And I'm including Europe in that. What do you mean? What win it? Win all four? So they won a domestic treble before. Can they win all four? No, they can't win all four. I just think that that's that's. Sorry, I've just got my cup of coffee. That's right. Um, uh, one sugar, please. Thank you. Forty-five quid. She's charging for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I needed to stay awake. Come on. <laughs> I just think the uh, look. Uh, this is this is really basic. Uh, law of averages, they can't. They, yeah. they, they can't do it. They, they have been so stretched. It would be phenomenal if they could. Uh, I mean, the, the way that, that Pep Guardiola seems to have timed everything this season, yeah, it's, it's been a slow start. They haven't been so intense with the pressing this season, but they're in a, a great, great place. Can I see them beating Spurs in the League Cup final? Of course I can. Uh, the Champions League, they always seem to find a way of stuffing it up, even when the odds are are stacked well in their favour. <laughs> you know, the, the the Premier League, I think they've won. And they're going to get Aguero back as well. Yeah. De Bruyne is going to come uh, back in a couple of weeks fresh. So, I mean, they look formidable. I just think it's a numbers game. And they, they, they can't win all four. He'll want to. Yeah, he'll want to. Desperately. Yeah. That, that's, you know, he's got that on his agenda. He's been hurt over the last couple of, well, certainly last season, they hurt Pep. Um, you could see that. Um I think if he comes back with a bang as, such as this, I mean, doing a treble will be amazing. But I, th- I think he's got it in him. I do think he's got it in him. I don't see why. I, I know what Chris has said. He's actually said no and then re- put a really good argument up at the end. The Guero back, the Bruyne back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That he I, th- I was thinking yeah. that. Yeah. Listen, and, and of listen, course, Jason Foden this Mark. season. Foden as oh, a regular like, this season. So that that so when we talk about Aguero back to Bonner, that's great. We all know their midfield. But then you go, hang on a second. It's like I hate saying like a new signing. That's what fans say. But it's like a new player, Foden, because it's not the bit part Foden now, is it? It is the regular 
Foden, who frankly, you won't might this won't interest you, Jason, but England fans going should be an England regular, let alone a Man City yeah, regular. Yeah. Mate, we, I think we all knew he was going to reach these standards. It was just a matter, you know, of getting that consistency in his game and, and playing week in, week out. You're right, but I mean, he does rotate, doesn't he? he he's got that luxury pep of rotating, but the players he's bringing in are such a qu- good quality. They're at the they're at the level that all the other players are at, and you know they're just on this run at the minute where they've got that belief in themselves, but also they've brought that fear back. You know, it, you fear playing Man City now. You know, you're absolutely. I mean, they lost nine times last season. You know, they they lost their mojo, didn't they? But as far as the Champions League, which I think is the one, I agree with Chris. You know, they can mess up, and they have messed up in the past. You look at all the five leagues. It, it's only Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga that are sitting top of all the champions from last season. You know, Liverpool struggling, PSG on top. Um, Juventus, you know, mm-hmm. Atletico sitting top of the Spanish league. It's wide open. It's wide open. So, um, yeah, I, I see that the Champions League, if they were not to do anything, would it would be that. But I put them favourites at the minute, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for Liverpool and me. <laughs> uh, I do. I think they're away with the league. They're already in a final and I can't see them messing up the FA Cup. Martin, Jason's right, isn't he? You look at Pep Guardiola last season and you could see that he was smarting a bit, wasn't he? We were all lauding Klopp, rightly so. Liverpool's Mm. first title for 30 years. And you go thinking, God, this is going to be really hurting Guardiola. Mm. Has he got it it within himself to come again? And I'm not sure that everybody was convinced that he did, that maybe they felt he'd run his race at Man City, but fair dues to him. He's proved us all wrong. And it comes back to what people are saying about Klopp, oh, that you, you know, the, the, the high intensity and you can't carry it on like that. People said the same thing about Guardiola, that, that you can only do so long under Guardiola, he's so intense, everything's so intense. Um, and, you know, as long as they carry on the way they have uh, started this season and, and it, we're quite a way into it now, um, he's going to prove them wrong because he's going to show that you can you can come again and you can work for Guardiola for four or five years and without burning out or whatever. As far as the can they win it all, of course they can win it all. And of course, there is not an individual game that Manchester City will play between now and the end of the season where you don't sort of fancy Manchester City to win it. But experience shows that there is always a match out there. There, there. there is all, you know, there's a reason no one's ever won four. Liverpool came very, very close to it. Um, but there's a reason that, um, that, that it doesn't happen. It's, and it's because there's always a game that, that nobody, nobody expects. Like, for, for instance, uh, they're both in the FA Cup, aren't they? The two Manchester clubs. So if Manchester City play Manchester United in the semi-final, anything could happen. Now, I know what happened when they played in the League Cup semi-final. Manchester City won because they're a much better team. But I've also seen Manchester United beat Man City in the last couple of years when City have still been the better team uh, that season. But Manchester United have won because it's a local derby and nuts things happen. And, 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 and you know, that, that, that's... so. Did we not say that about Leicester though, Martin? No. Oh yeah, oh yeah, we all me. I mean, I didn't that season. I didn't take Leicester seriously until about December. I mean, I think I went to the Liverpool game and they beat them two 0 and that was the first time I'd gone there. Yeah, because you were just thinking, well, they're going to come back. Yeah, yeah. Charlton, like is, Charlton yeah. did that time, and like this one did, and that one did. And City then, could you know, lose at Everton in the FA Cup quarter final. Of course, they could, couldn't they? You know, yeah, like we saw we saw the game we saw the game the other day. Let's finish at Goodison because it was five four. It was a brilliant game. If you choose chose one cup tie to watch this week, and you chose West Ham Man United like I did, and not Everton Tottenham, <laughs> then you chose the wrong one. That was awful. Five four, and of course it uh, it provoked everybody to talk about Jose Mourinho and his comment from two thousand and four when Arsenal beat Tottenham five four, and he was the Chelsea manager, and he said. That 5-4, that it's not a football score, it's a hockey score. In training, I often play matches of three against three. And when the score reaches 5-4, I send the players back to the dressing room because they're not defending properly. Chris is chuckling away. It's only taken 16, 17 years, but we managed to get it out for Jose, didn't we? Well, it did come home to roost eventually, didn't it? Yeah. 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 (laughs) It'll never (laughs) make it. Um, I was there that day. I was there. They beat Fulham 4-1. Uh, at Craven Cottage, and he came in afterwards. And Arsenal were um, the Arsenal were the nearest thing to Chelsea. It was about November time, but Chelsea were already beginning to edge away. And the only team that looks as if they were going to keep pace with them, maybe, was Arsenal. 
and they had this amazing, and it was just an incredible game of football, just a wonderful game of football. And he gets asked about it, and the and the answer is so sour is the wrong word, but it, it, it's so Jose, it absolutely. <laughs> urinated on everyone's bonfire for want of a better yeah. place, you know. It was, it was just, you know, everyone was raving about this game and then Jose's come out and he's a hockey scar. He no, was asked about it. Someone did say to him at Goodison the other day, you know, you did say that. And JC said, I, he basically said, I, I don't want to talk about my defenders. I know what they need to do. But yeah. they've been, well, the bizarre thing about that was, Jason, they've been pretty good defensively yeah. this season. You know, Kane scores, Son scores, they win 2 0. I mean, that's yeah, been yeah. their way, isn't it? Well, that's it. He's, he's pragmatic. He's, he, you know, his foundations is defending well and, and nicking goals, isn't he? He always has the, the, the players in his team that will get you a goal. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's the cup, isn't it? Let's, let's yeah. not take anything from the cup. Let's, you know, we're, we're all doom and gloom about the FA Cup, and it's not this, it's not that. It always produces something, yes. doesn't it? The FA Cup, for some reason, Absolutely. doesn't matter what the team is, you always get it. One game in the FA Cup where it's like that, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Um, yeah, I watched it, I watched the highlights and stuff. It was, I mean, Kane could have won it at the end for him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Slipped, mm-hmm. you know, it yes. could have been so yeah. different for Jose. I, you know, I, I love Jose. I, I, I want him in the Premier League. I think he's a character, the game needs characters. You know, we've seen the good and bad of him, but that's what you've got to take. And um, he's in a pretty bad run at the minute. Uh, four out of five, I think he's lost, and he's mm-hmm. gone out of the cup. Mm-hmm. He was sitting top mid December top of the Premier League weren't they so mm. you know he, if he can keep Kane fit he'll, he'll have an eye on one of them four places like Martin said it's wide open it's wide open mm. and he, he's definitely in with a shout maybe Chris we, maybe those who did maybe a minority thought that Guardiola last season he'd probably run his race prove wrong maybe with Joe said it's still the League Cup final I know it's in the League Cup, but it's still a trophy. And of course, it's still yeah. the Europa League as well, which is a way back to the Champions League were they not to finish in the top four. Maybe there's still a... a I don't think your face is telling me you think there is a story left for <laughs> Mourinho at top. Or is that... Or are no. you just a sip of your tea and it's not up to stand? No. <laughs> a bit of both, really. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just... <sighs> Kane and Son are absolutely key to them, but I sense it going the other way slowly for Spurs where... The wheels could fall spectacularly off. Uh, that's that's just the way it seems to be heading. But of course, if they beat Manchester City in the League Cup, then uh, then he would have won a trophy. And why Which is what all Spurs yeah. fans want. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah, it's a strange thing I think with Jose now that everyone around Jose has now um, got got this excuse almost, you know, that he's, oh, he's, he's, you know, he alienates the players and he, and he does this. So as soon as it starts going wrong, you get these, oh, he's losing the dressing room and, and no one's very happy and all of this. Look at what happened to Manchester United. What happened to Manchester United was they came second in the league and yeah. second in the league under Solskjaer this season would, is being painted as one of the greatest achievements in the history of, uh, of football. And they came second in the league. So, he hasn't lost it completely. I just think it's an easy thing that he. Yeah, but the way it all everywhere. ended at Manchester United. Oh, the way it ends, you know. But how does it end with a load of a lot of managers in, in the end? You know, not as spectacularly as with uh, Jose normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Just turn Chris, it full Chase, circle. Yeah. Just yeah. turn it full circle. He's got to get off Instagram. He's doing himself no favors oh, yeah, on that. Yeah. No, no, he must be getting hammered on that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> let's quickly finish with uh, let's quickly finish with wind ups. Alioski says he's looking forward to seeing Pepe again after he wound Pepe up at Ellen Road. Pepe head butted him. Well, no, well, it wasn't really a head butt, was it? We still got sent off. Gaz has said this week that some of the ways he used to wind up Roy Keane, including telling him he'd been sleeping with his wife. How, uh, um, Chris, any good wind ups? Anybody used to wind up or somebody that wound you up on the pitch? Um, well, to, if, if I'm honest. Uh, I don't think I would be employed by by any organisation if I told you some of the things which I did no. say on the pitch. So no, therefore, I'm going to keep that. <laughs> oh, go well on. And, well, <laughs> well and truly uh, in house. Martin Keown used to try and intimidate. Not it's just always me, Martin. <laughs> he uh, yeah one game. Well, he chased me up the tunnel, didn't he? After the uh, yeah. there was a bit of bad sportsmanship from from Wait, myself and my Blackburn Rovers teammates. Back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then he used to pinch me a lot, Martin. And I, I say, well, what are you doing that for? And Martin, I say, always oh, plenty more of that to come. I say, well, I'm not really that bothered, Martin. 
He was a likable idiot. <laughs> Jason, anything you could tell us for a family show? Oh, my God. Um, no, mate, I'm like Chris. I, I've got to keep the lips <laughs> closed. I said some terrible, terrible things. Terrible things. I'm just like... Oh. I mean, Did you ever hear anything like... funny? Did you actually ever hear any? You know, when you say this to particularly cricketers, occasionally there's a really funny comment, and everyone, I, obviously, it's a different pace game, so you can stop and laugh. But did you ever hear anything that actually that after, even afterwards, they actually that was really quite funny? No, do you know who the king of wound ups were? Uh, Neil Ruddock. Oh, he was oh. brilliant. His, his one liners, his comebacks. <laughs> I mean, he used to like when a, when a player. He used to give him stick or whatever. He, or like, even a well-known centre forward. Yeah. He'd just go round the back of him just to have a look at this shirt and like the name <laughs> on the back of this shirt. Thank you. Let me just turn around a minute. <laughs> Things like that. Or like, you know, if you if you've got a day off tomorrow, do you want to come round to my house? But make sure you've got the old day off because my house is massive. It's just yeah. things, things like that. And you know, money used to come into it and you know, it was funny what you said about Roy. I mean, you don't have to wind Roy Keane up by saying anything about his missus. I just have to just look at him. To yeah, be honest, yeah. if I just looked at him, it would wind him up. Yeah, um, and that's when you were his teammate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, I mean, we did have we clashed. I think you know, it was quite an infamous. We were at Sunderland. I was at Sunderland. He was at Man United. We just come back from the World Cup, and we weren't friends. And um, you know, it was all about me winding him up, and his book. I'd just come out on the Friday and we played them on the Saturday. And as a joke, I walked into the dressing room before the game and someone had put his book on my towel where my kit was. And uh, I actually, like, no one knows this, right? I give it to one of the apprentices who was working the game for us. I, actually, I said to him, go and wait outside Man United's dressing room and get Roy to sign this for me. Right? So I actually got the book signed. <laughs> so he brought it back in. Anyway, the game kicks off. They go 1-0 up. And then I run off him. And set up the equaliser. He's fuming, and then um, we we clash in the middle of the park. And he's, I'm going to rip your head off. I'm going to do this to you. I'm going to do that to you. And um, he, he was really sort of horrible about people in his book. And I just went to him, put it in your next book. I'll read about it. And I just went like that to him, and his head come off. Seriously, there was steam coming out of his ears. And then we carried the game carried on, and then there was a, about ten seconds to go, and they had a corner, and it got cleared. And we're running out the box. You're waiting for the ref whistle to go. Uriah Rennie was the ref. And as he run past me, he just went, bosh, and elbowed me right on the side of the head. And of course, he caught me like I've gone down on one knee. They're all over. Beckham's giving me stick. And Uriah Rennie sends him off. And he's like, he can't believe he's been sent off. He cannot believe he's been sent off. He just elbowed me right in the side of the head in front of the referee. So he goes off. And then... Um, and then, yeah, and then Quinny runs after him to try and, like, put his arm around him and give him a cuddle, Niall Quinn. I was like, what's that all about? And then, of course, like, the headlines next day is, like, all about me winding him up and stuff. But he, he was quite easy to wind up, Roy, in all honesty. He was quite easy. But it was just, obviously, there was repercussions if you wound him up. He'd kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and quite often they'd win, but not that time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's it. And that's it from Game On. We'll be back next week and every week via Spotify, Apple and Google. Don't forget to sign up to your daily briefing from mailplus.co.uk. That's it from me, Mark Pugach. See you next week for more Game On.